I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Julie Jewels. I started dance classes this week, beginner jazz at City Dance Corps. I shouldn't have to take beginner because even though I never had dance classes as a child, I did take tap and jazz in my 30s and maybe my early 40s. And I've played enough musical theater roles that you would think I wouldn't have to start at the beginner level. But it's been so long and learning choreography has always been the hardest part for me. And the drop-in classes, they don't really help because you do something different every time, and I did so many different genres. So anyway, I'm backing up and starting again. If you haven't listened to previous episodes of Jewel Says, you might not know that I've been cast to play Tanya, the wealthy, thrice-married friend in Mamma Mia for the Kelowna Actors Studio this August. As thrilled and grateful as I am for the opportunity... And I do mean thrilled. Like, I'm over the moon about being able to do this. But do you ever do you ever feel ridiculously insecure about something that you're going to do or something that you really want to do? Maybe you can relate. Because even though I'm thrilled, I'm also worried. I'm 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 worried that I'll let them down. I'm worried that they'll change their minds between now and then. And I'm worried that they're going to take it away from me. Even though I stick my neck out and I try new things, the, these new things that I try always terrify me. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I'm probably not alone. You probably feel that way too sometimes. So I want you to know that you're not alone and remind you that you have to do the thing you're afraid of even though it scares you. And I'm aware that on the outside, I appear to be brimming with confidence. I've been told that so many times. And of course, that's exactly what I want the audience to see when I'm on stage. But deep down, deep inside, that self-doubt is always there. And it's not just a background nagging self-doubt either. I I get anxious knots in the pit of my stomach with self-doubt. And I think that's partly why I like throwing myself into a character, 
pretending I'm someone else. That's really why I want to act. I just want to pretend I'm someone else. I love it. And occasionally, I will say this uncertainty does sometimes happen with my job. But because I know my line of work so well, I've been doing it forever, the job rarely scares me anymore. It's everything else that scares me. Not just the doing the things, but just being who I am. How the world perceives my efforts. That's sometimes a scary thing to me. So I don't just worry about singing well, performing the role well, and mostly dancing well. You know, January is upon us, and it's always resolution and diet season, which is really annoying and which adds to my self-doubt when I keep seeing these messages. Catherine recently shared on her podcast, Telling Everybody Everything, that the world responds more positively to her when she's thin. And thankfully, it doesn't bother her what people think. She wasn't bothered by her weight. But it's something you can't help but notice. And I have to admit that I definitely feel that too. Or it could be that that the world just responds to me or responded to me more positively when I was young. I was thinner when I was young too. And no doubt the world responds better to women when they're both young and thin. But I also realize that age is a gift. I remind myself when I feel sorry for myself for looking old, I'm so lucky to be old and healthy. And being old means I'm still here. There's so much that I wanted to do when I was young that I didn't do. And it's too late for a lot of those things. So, yeah, I guess I'm shallow because in spite of the unspeakable nightmare that so many people in the world are going through right now and have been forever, it's just the news cycle changes from one group of people to another. The horrors, the horrors just keep changing. And the escalation of them just keeps changing. But the idea of myself, me, not measuring up is really one of those things that keeps me up at night. And I know it's silly and I know it's shallow. If, if they do decide to take away that role from me, c'est la vie. I need to just let that go and not worry about that because that's not going to make me any better. It's going to have the opposite effect. When someone is performing or someone is dancing, it's so obvious if they're self-conscious. So I need to find a way to let that go. But my point here really isn't the dancing per se. It's just that if you are full of self-doubt about anything, just remind yourself that the worst case is really not that bad. If you're healthy and your loved ones are healthy and nobody's dying, it's not that bad. So you need to go ahead and do the scary thing anyway. You owe that to yourself before it's too late. I got a really nice message from my middle daughter, Joanne, on our family chat last week. Yeah, I'll just read it instead of paraphrasing it. Listening to the podcast, by podcast, she obviously means telling everybody everything. And Catherine in this episode was talking about potty training again, which is going very well with Fenna, her third time using this method. And Fenna just turned a year. It's going really well. One thing I appreciate so much is that mom has jumped onto and embraced any parenting style that's happening in her grandchildren's lives, even if it's different from one house to another and different from how she did it. There are so many moms talking about pushback from their children's grandparents, and we've never, ever had this with mom. 
Allergies are food choices, instantly learned and respected. Baby Violet doing elimination communication, and she just tries to go with it. I had cloth diapers and early, not before age one, potty sittings, and mum's like, yep, sounds good. I've seen stories on Facebook mom groups literally saying, my mom thinks it's weird that I breastfeed, so she secretly unplugged the freezer full of milk, all ruined. And the comments are like, yeah, my mom did that too. What the fuck? Thank you, Joanne. I really appreciate the appreciation. But that last one, oh my God, unplugging the freezer so your milk goes bad? That's next level insanity, and it's cruel. I'm sorry, my mother thought breastfeeding was barbaric, but she never would have done something like that. And I know I'm opinionated, and maybe I do say things in a way that sounds as though I'm the knower of all, but I'm not close-minded, and I always acknowledge that I don't have all the answers. And it drives me crazy how some people respond to Catherine's potty training method with comments like, stop telling people there's only one way to do something. She never, ever has done that. She always says, this might not work for your family, but this has worked for me, and maybe you'd like to try it. Oh, my God. I'm glad to have since seen messages from other parents who've successfully tried the Catherine Ryan potty training method with their own babies. Thank you. And if you don't want to try it, that's also fine. But I got to say, diapers are a pain in the neck. They cost a lot of money. They cause diaper rash sometimes if you're not changing them quickly enough. And then if they have a babysitter or they're going to daycare, someone else is changing your baby's diapers. Why not try to use as few diapers as possible? Even if you're using cloth, those cloth diapers are expensive and they cause a lot of laundry. I've heard people say they don't want to traumatize their child by making them use a potty. Traumatize them? Surely shitting your pants at age four is traumatizing. But to Catherine's point, if using a potty is a brand new expectation when you're two or three years old, then yeah, some children might dig their heels in and resist. Well, maybe even most. You know how stubborn toddlers are. People have asked for Catherine's advice on potty training a toddler, and her response is that she has no advice for that because she never waited until her children were toddlers. So I thought I would share my advice for potty training a toddler because I only potty train toddlers. And it never occurred to me to try sitting my babies on a potty like Catherine does. Doesn't mean I think she's wrong. It just didn't enter my head. Also, I was at work all day. I had a very different schedule. But this is what I did. And it doesn't mean that I think this is what you should do. I'm just telling you it worked for me. First of all, don't wait too long. The longer you wait, the more your child might resist. I started mine... I know sometimes the rule of thumb is to wait until the child will be able to hold it, but I see nothing wrong with teaching them to sit on a potty long before they physically can hold it. It's just going to mean they resist less. I started mine between 18 and 21 months. Catherine was trained by 19 months, Joanne and Carrie somewhere between 20 and 24 months. And when I say trained, I mean reliably trained, where we could go out without a diaper and not worry about it. But, you know, each subsequent child was a little bit later because I was tired. The second thing I'll say is I recommend that you plan to spend a weekend or two days in a row to start. Make sure you have no plans outside the house. 
Stay home so you can focus because it's really hard to manage this when you're out and you have to deal with public toilets or even a toilet at someone else's home. Plus, you don't want your child peeing on someone else's floors. The third thing I recommend is putting them in cloth diapers if you're going to put them in anything while you're training them because cloth cloth diapers don't stay as dry and comfortable as disposable diapers do. I I just think that disposable diapers are too comfortable. That's why children are wearing them until they're four years old. Or no diaper at all, which is what Catherine does at home. I did it with socks and shoes because they were toddlers. They were walking. And wet socks are uncomfortable, and they're less likely to slip if they're wearing shoes. I call this the Donald Duck suit. Shirt or dress, no pants, socks and shoes. As soon as your baby or your toddler, I should say, wakes up in the morning or after a nap. Just sit them on the potty with a book or a song, same as Catherine does, only younger, and maybe a little treat as bribery. I used grapes. If they actively resist sitting on a potty, you don't want to force it and cause a fight, but just pick them up quickly and sit them on it when they pee on the floor. They're going to notice that they just peed on the floor when they're a toddler. And remind them kindly, firmly, that mom and dad or older siblings and cousins or friends don't pee in their pants or on the floor. And most little toddlers really kind of want to be big. They see that as gaining respect. It's like, I want to be a big girl. So you can remind them that big girls and boys use the toilet. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And of course, they're going to be there while you clean up the mess they made on the floor afterwards. And I always, even when they were infants, talked through what I was doing as I did it, no matter what it was. Sort of like a running commentary. Something like, okay, let's go clean the floor now. Pee and poo belong in the toilet, not on the floor and not in our pants. You could make up a little song or something. Anything. If they do a pee or poo in the potty, make sure you reward them with lots of praise and the Donald Duck suit. Maybe another grape or a small treat. Try to sit them down approximately, I would say, every hour or so, if you can. If you can't that often, you can't. Some little toddlers are busier and more physically active than others. And as Catherine advises, watch for the poo face. I've known of children who will make the face, then hide behind furniture to shit their pants. They know when they have to go if they're doing that, and they obviously have control over it because they can get themselves behind the couch. After a few successes, you can try putting 
pretty pants on them if that's something that matters to them. I used ruffled pants. My daughters liked pretty pants. Your child might prefer superheroes or favorite cartoon characters, something that they might like. Again, some children don't care. You know your child. Each of my daughters was trained after about two days of focused attention. Not 100% trained. Trained enough that they knew they started cooperating and they weren't constantly having accidents. They still wore a diaper for the babysitter most of the time, even though I let her know that they were using the potty. I didn't necessarily expect her to do it all the time after the first two days. And I also still put a diaper on them at bedtime until they no longer wanted to wear it. One of the most important things is to never, ever, ever punish accidents or raise your voice. If you're in a bad place and in a bad mood, just put the diaper on them and give it up for the time being because you really have to be consistent, kind, and firm. I think children respond really well to consistency. They're very good at learning what to expect. So it's kind of the same thing as Catherine does, except when they're older, they're just more likely to resist the change. Also, there are all kinds of books about it, but as with all parenting decisions, different things work for different children. No one knows your child as well as you do. I don't know your child at all. I knew this one little boy. This is just an example of how different people are. I knew one little boy who would get so involved in playing that he would sometimes wet his pants up to about age seven. And it's not because he wasn't trained. He just hated to interrupt his playing that much. He did not want to stop and use the toilet. You could have a child like that. And if you do, he'll need to be consistently reminded. And you'll be like, when is he ever going to outgrow this? I'm sure he's not going to go to college pissing his pants unless he's really, really drunk. But that's a different problem. I mean, I myself wait until the last minute when I'm working on something. And I'm almost 64. I'm at work half the time doing the chair dance. And then I have to rush. So I kind of get it. I got the cloth diaper and socks and shoes tips from my mother, Dorothy. She and I certainly didn't have matching parenting styles. She was on team Let Them Cry Until They Fall Asleep, along with Dr. Spock, which was the book I read. And I tried that for about three days when Catherine was six months old, and I just, I couldn't tolerate it, even though I believed in my heart that I was doing the wrong thing. Well, no wonder she doesn't sleep through the night, Julie, Dorothy would admonish me. She's getting what she wants. So, yeah, I believed it. I just said, you know, I, I can't do it. I thought I was doing the wrong thing. But now I don't necessarily think I was doing the wrong thing. I didn't take her out of bed to play, even though she was standing there, smiling, clapping her hands. I reminded her that it's nighttime. I gave her a soother, sometimes a little water in a bottle, and I told her to go back to sleep. Sometimes I had to rub her back for a while. I just wish babies would sleep through the night consistently. It would make parenting a thousand times easier if you could just reliably get some sleep. Ugh. That and illness, those are the two things I do not miss about having babies, everything else I loved. And these days, letting a baby cry like that would be considered cruel by a lot of people. And some might say it actually teaches them that if you cry, 
no one will come to comfort you, i.e. how you feel doesn't matter, i.e. you're not important. And that's why babies who've lived in an orphanage don't cry. I do kind of shudder at that. I wonder if that's why I'm so full of self-doubt. Maybe, maybe because Dorothy let me cry when I was a baby? I'm just joking. Maybe she didn't. I have no idea. But even if she did, I'm not blaming her for anything. People do what they think is the right thing to do at the time. We're just doing our best. And yes, Dorothy was vehemently opposed to breastfeeding, too. Catherine has occasionally commented that her IQ might be higher if she had been breastfed, but I did breastfeed her for about three weeks, and her IQ is already very high. What would she have done differently if I breastfed her for a year? Probably nothing. I might have been a lot more frazzled, though, pumping at work in the washroom, worried about getting a break long enough to pump, as if I wasn't frazzled enough. So we will never know what that would have changed, if anything. But I have fond memories of Dorothy, cigarette in hand. You're not going to breastfeed, are you? That's barbaric. This was why she was thrilled to come over with formula when Joanne was only about a week old. I had been sick with a high fever and Joanne was getting no food from my body. I'll be right there, Dorothy excitedly said over the phone. Henceforth, formula it was. This is way better than what I had for you, she reminded me. You got condensed milk. Holy shit, that doesn't seem right. And I loved her story about when my second eldest brother was born. My eldest brother was only about two years old, and he had been deathly ill from birth. You see, he was born with his stomach not attached to his esophagus, and it took the doctors, uh, I don't know how long, I'm sure it was more than days. It took them a bit to figure out why he kept nothing down and was just wasting away. And when he came home after the surgery they did to connect his esophagus to his stomach, he was so tiny and the surgery was so delicate that he had to be fed one ounce of formula every hour, 24 hours a day. Ted even helped. And they weren't sure he would make it. And I remember Dorothy telling me that he weighed about eight pounds when he was six months old. And she thought he looked robust and healthy. Eight pounds. That's smaller than any of mine were at birth. Carrie was my runt at eight pounds, four ounces. So I can't even imagine what he must have looked like before he started to gain weight. His surgical incision ran the entire length of his poor little baby body and he had a drainage tube. However, he could speak in full sentences and give them directions to my mom's mother's house, my nanny's house, by his first birthday. Babies' brains are like little sponges, and a baby who needs to be fed, carried, burped, and sung to 24 hours a day will absorb a lot of information. So I can only imagine how terrified my mom was when she found out she was expecting another baby. This had been her only experience, and she was only in her early 20s, which wasn't considered young at the time to be having children, but now I look at it, huh. And after my second brother was born, the nurse brought him to her and instructed her to breastfeed him. No, Doroth told her, I'm not breastfeeding. You have to breastfeed, the nurse told her, or you won't see your baby. Fine, Dorothy said. Keep him until I go home then. I need the rest. 
I just think I'm kind of impressed. For a young woman in her early 20s, Dorothy had some backbone. It's funny how it's funny how we're sometimes able to stand up to certain things even though we feel insecurity about other things. Now that I think about it, I was also always able to stand up to certain things even though it might have scared me to do it. I did it. I wonder if Dorothy felt afraid in the moment but just didn't show it. She had to have felt a little intimidated. I'm sure those nurses at that, it was one of those Catholic hospitals and the nurses were often also nuns. That had to be intimidating. But I'm sure glad that Catherine isn't bothered by criticism because she certainly seems to get more than her fair share of it online. She also had some constructive feedback for Disney Paris in one of her episodes. And, of course, the trash journalists categorized her comments as scathing, a rant, and, of course, the slam. They always use slam about all women. Catherine Ryan slams, all caps, Disney. They just can't help it. They just have to accuse women of slamming, hitting back, shaming. It's just so much bullshit. I do not think I would have the stomach for that. It's just as well that I'm not famous. But I'm certainly glad she isn't bothered by it. She has often said she has the confidence of an old man. I want some of that confidence. I mean, self-doubt can be a good thing. Anyone I know of who firmly believes they're always right and have all the answers is an asshole. But somewhere in there is a happy middle ground. We all just need to give ourselves the grace to try, fail, make mistakes, course correct, and don't assume someone else is slamming or hitting back just because they have a different perspective or they do things differently. And definitely, whatever you do, don't thaw someone's breast milk. It takes hours and hours to make that stuff, and that's just mean. We're all out here doing our best. Okay, not the people who thawed someone's breast milk. They're not doing their best. That's that's unacceptable. Cut that bitch off. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. I'll be back next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.